You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network TV Bricks. Vivian, good day, and thank you so much for this interview. For your being so welcome to come here into the Embassy of Brazil in Russia, in Moscow, I'm, I'm very glad to see you here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Okay, Vivian, you live and work in Rio de Janeiro. You create projects in many cities, I suppose, all around the world. Tell us more about your projects. So, uh, my, my projects, they, they are always around music and sound. So, this is the thing that interests me the most. And not only in Brazilian culture, but of course, I'm very focused in Brazilian culture. But when I go outside Brazil, for example, um, I've been to Africa and Asia and now here in Russia, I really want to understand what kind of sound moves people, but moves in a very deep way, like uh, sometimes feelings that we can not even put into words, but it kind of moves people and bring them together. So uh, this is the kind of sound that I'm searching for. And in Russia, I'm very interested in balalaika. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And what does sound mean to you? What does sound mean mm -hmm. to me? Um, I think sound is a powerful energy that is like a magnet that makes people get together and feel certain things. And what is very interesting for me is that it's not a rational energy. It's not something that you can like read and understand. It just happens. And uh, to make that happen, it's, it's very organic the way that a music, a, a song, you know, uh, becomes a hit or becomes something that is in the collective imaginary. So I, I really like to try to understand that and maybe transform that and uh, bring new elements to this kind of uh, social phenomena. So I can say that you are a contemporary artist. Am I right? That's yes. right. So. How do you get this sound? Where do you find this? I suppose it's not a standard one. Yes, it's not a standard one, but uh, there are some elements in sound that I think that are very interesting. For example, the very low frequencies of sound, they are like the most like bass, you know, like I, I like that kind of sound is usually something that I'm very um, interested in. And another sound, for example, is the sound of the triangle because triangles they have different meanings in different places like the i mean the percussion instrument but sometimes they are taken as something like childish and maybe too easy to play so they are almost like a toy but when you come when you start researching about what the tri where it came from then you see that it used to be the main instrument of religious Uh, rituals. So how come now the triangle became such a you know small thing? So I like that kind of sound, the sounds that are usually uh, taken for granted or sometimes taken at something uh, not so pleasant or maybe uh, you know not so important. So I try to look at those kind of sounds and um, balalaika for me is something that I have a balalaika at home and I collect string instruments and the balalaika was maybe the main element that uh, brings me closer to Russia because Brazil and Russia they are very apart and I think balalaika was my bridge to Russia. 
Okay, so you have found Balalaika in Russia, but you have traveled the world. And what kind of instruments have you found that inspired you in other countries? So as I collect string instruments, I have uh, an African guitar that was made in Ghana, and it has only two strings, but it's amazing. And uh, when I first saw a person playing it, I was fascinated by it. And I commissioned one from an artist that makes them. So I, I you know, went all the way to Ghana to bring it back to me and I think that these instruments they kind of move me around the world because uh, sometimes I, I get so obsessed with a, in, an instrument and I, I want to understand it and maybe play it and I think this sound is usually what makes me like decide things and make plans you know so my plans of course I am a human being as any other person so I have also like my uh, boring daily life but for my projects uh, usually the instruments and the sounds are the things that make me decide to go to certain places so I have the African guitar I have um, uh, Pakistani dulcimer. Um, I have the guitar that my dad used to play when he was, I don't know, a teenager, and he gave me. Uh, so this is the kind of like affectionate kind of instruments that I, I usually collect. So let's talk about your projects. What's your favorite? I suppose you have not plenty, but you have some. Uh, if I have favorite? Yes. Favorite, sorry. Favorite project of yourself. Oh, my the favorite projects of myself. That's a tough one. <laughs> but I think the one that I like and it means a lot to me was when I lived for a month and a half in the north of Sweden. So it was minus 28, like almost all the time, so very, very cold. And there I was playing a church pipe organ, you know, like a pipe organ, mm -hmm. giant pipe organ, one of the biggest pipe organs of North Europe. And uh, I was composing for this pipe organ, and I was trying to combine this sound with the sound of mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. So there are two like completely different sounds because mosquitoes are something that they are so small and so like people hate mosquitoes and that's why I like the sound and I'm interested in those sounds because they are everyone hates that kind of sound and the pipe organ is something that is so holy and it, it wants to drive people to heaven you know and the mosquito is the right opposite so my challenge was to make a composition that would combine both of them and it was beautiful and uh, the sound installation in the end I think it was one of my favorite my favorite projects and uh, the last day I had with the with the pipe organ I even cried because I mean I don't know where I would be near that church pipe again the pipe organ again and it was such an amazing instrument and I was very well received by Swedish people as well mm -hmm. and how do you compose the sound um, it, it varies, so it really depends on what I'm doing. So for the pipe organ, I you know, use my, my knowledge in piano, but it's very different to play piano and uh, organ. Uh, so I start like uh, researching what sounds make me feel things. So uh, some sounds, they are sometimes too neutral and they are useful as well, but I start searching for sounds that are, they, they bring like some kind of emotion and you are not even aware, like maybe it 
it makes your hands sweat you know or you start like shivering or reminds you of uh, something so usually that's the kind of sound that i like you know it's it's not very traditional but i try to um, communicate through the sound so it's not i don't want to make like super difficult music that it's kind of difficult to listen that's not usually how i take but i want to make music that people can relate to and feel things and what inspires you what inspires me? I think um, there's a lot of things that inspires me. One of them is nature, for sure. So I'm from Brazil, so Brazil is, uh, you know, we are surrounded by nature. And um, I've been several times to the forest, and I think the forest has a way of like balancing itself that I really love. So I think nature for me is a way to get inspired. But I'm also very inspired by people. So I, I, I like how people innovate and how people recreate their realities. So I think this is the main two things. Well, while preparing to this interview, I have come across an interesting information. Recently, you began rebuilding the deserted and half-abandoned former chocolate factory, and now it creates dozens of jobs. It contains of design studios, showrooms and cafes. Why did you decide to do this? For what purpose? So when uh, when I started, my, uh, when I just graduated from art school, I was not working as an artist, so I was working with artists. So I was producing things and uh, sometimes like uh, being assistants and like that's how usually you start. Mm -hmm. And I decided to apply for a master's and study uh, music further. And that was in Rio and not my city, I'm from Sao Paulo. <laughs> so I moved to Rio and I had no place to work at. And I worked uh, as a sound technician for one, like a shooting just like this. And it was in that factory, because that, that factory is actually very beautiful. And I was very impressed by that place. And I thought, maybe there is a room for me here, you know, I can work here. And so I started um, talking to the managers and the owners about how about you start um, accepting artists to have their studios here because artists they bring other things they bring sometimes like people that work with food people that work with other services and uh, so it started mainly with artists so I was the first one together with my with my partner at that time and she was also an artist and so we were alone in this building for about three months and it was like us and bats mm -hmm. and sometimes rats mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was it was an adventure and i really loved my room and i started like bringing friends uh, to see the place and they were all very impressed and so um you know slowly the factory transformed itself and now it's like a cluster i think there are several places like this in russia as well like a cluster of artists that also have like a beer uh crafter uh and then restaurants and design stores so it became some like a mixed uh place like this so it was just to um see a building and understand that there is other purposes to that building uh, except for me like empty because it was an empty building and it was kind of easy to rebuild it right for people no, not no, really no? yeah not really but um, 
I think we, we, could, we could do simple renovation and have amazing results. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was kind of easy. And in Brazil, this is something that is very different from cold countries. Mm -hmm. We don't have the problem of winter. Mm. So we don't need like a super, you know, protected mm -hmm. space. And we have the problem of heat. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets like really hot, but we don't, the winter is not a problem. So I think it's, it's a, a, a little bit more simpler to renovate spaces in warm countries. So let's speak about your achievements. In 2017, you became a laureate of an international contest Future Generation Art Prize. Mm -hmm. First of all, we need to mention that this contest has nothing to deal with traditional art. <laughs> What it is about and who can take part in it? So Future Generation Art Prize is uh, held in Kiev, in Ukraine. So that was the only country near Russia that I've been before Russia, uh, besides Latvia. <laughs> so uh, and then this this prize is open. So you can all artists can apply. And I was in fact invited to apply, but it's it's open. And uh, so I applied and I developed a new work especially for this for this prize and um, you know the prize people the prize team was amazing and they transported all the works from all the artists all over the world to Ukraine so that was very impressive and it's very rare to find this and uh, so when I was there I had an amazing experience because I was meeting artists of my age from all over the world and so there were people from South Africa and from England and everywhere else so it was great it was great so and i have like there i'm good friends with this artist but you know until now and it, it was amazing so let's speak about your work called oratorio mm -hmm. or yeah. tidal wave it consists of subwoofers candles microphone stands and you have written the music so again who inspired you and how did you create it So this work was created for Future Generation Archives, uh -huh. and uh, I was interested in religious music, and like why uh, religious music is the way it is, you know? You know, it looks like an organ. Yeah, it looks like an organ. It looks like a, um, the organ inspired me, and also the altars, you know, uh -huh. like an altar. And it, it was now being uh, exhibited in France. Like it just, uh -huh. it just uh, ended. And uh, I was interested in why um, Catholic, I'm you know Roman Catholic. Why Roman Catholic music has no percussion, like no drums and no like danceable <laughs> beats or movements. So I started researching why, and you know, it's a very long story, but uh, to sum up is because uh, this religious music is done for the voice. So the voice has to be the main instrument. So everything else is like secondary. And I wanted to reverse that. I wanted to use the traditional melodies of Roman Catholic music, and I used like um, melodies from the fourth century after Christ, so like very, very, very old melodies, and I transformed them into like pop songs and uh, electronic music, something that it's actually like very near what we have now. So we, it didn't change that much, you know. 
And were you content with the result? I mean, you are the laureate of this uh, festival, of this uh, art prize, but you could be the, the winner, I suppose. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I, I really like the winners are amazing artists, and you know, I'm uh, I'm very happy with the with the results of the prize, and I think everything I needed to get from this experience I got, and this the development of this work was also a prize, you know, because they made it possible, you know, they they gave like a grant for us to develop a new work, so I think that is already like a big prize for me. Mm -hmm. So are there any kind of your works that are exhibited in other countries right now? Uh, yes, yeah, so this uh, oratorio was in France uh -huh. and just ended and I have a large public piece at, in New York right now. It's on uh, on the High Line. It's a, a relatively new park that is suspended park and it's a large sound system that is up there. Um, and let me think of something else that might be... Oh yeah, so and now there is is uh, Art Basel, so it's a large uh, art fair, and uh, this this year my gallery is highlighting my work. So I made several works that they they are they don't have sound themselves, but they are about the ear. So there are several drawings of ears, and um, I was inspired to do that because of this return of presential um, you know events and exhibitions as a way to think of how like we can work together again as like people that are close to each mm -hmm. other. Haven't you thought of getting all of your uh, works together to exhibit in one place? Yes, I would love that. I think it would be a crazy, <laughs> a crazy experience for me because I have never seen them like unite, like together, reunited. Mm -hmm. And I would love, I really love that. And uh, now in my studio, I've done a small experience with that. So I made uh, an exhibition in my own studio with four different works. And it's very interesting for an artist to see the works uh, reunited. And uh, I think I'm still uh, at the spectrum of a young artist. So maybe in some years I will have some, you know, uh, an exhibition that can bring them together. Mm -hmm. And do you have your band, your companions that help you or you work on your own? Yes, uh, he's here, Thiago, my partner, he's my, you know, my partner in life and we compose together. We also have a company that we uh, compose for film and we've been doing this for a couple of months now and we really love like composing for, for documentaries and film and we do that together so um, he, we we uh, collaborate in that in that part and but usually my own works I usually do it myself because I think it's a very intimate relationship that I develop with the object and the space but for everything else that I need like when I need music for certain video or um, something that needs to relate to a visual material that's when I collaborate with Tiago. <laughs> And I suppose you have mentioned about young artists. I think you support them, do you? Young artists? Uh -huh. Yes. Uh, I, my studio has an exhibition space. And my plan is to have this, it's a you know very humble, small exhibition space, but my plan is to bring young people to exhibit in this part of my studio. And you know, I also am, I am a very like uh, small collector, but I do, I do collect 
pieces that I love from young artists. And I usually love um, geometry and abstraction because this is something that is, it feels like very like magical for me. So yeah, so I've been like collecting one work here, another work there. So it's my way to support uh, a young artists too. But exhibiting, I think is gonna, something's gonna happen very soon after the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so who is your ideal viewer or listener? I don't have an ideal viewer or listener. I think right now people are, are um, it's hard to get people's attention because you have so many things going on like screens and you know people are documenting their lives the whole time and like uh, very worried in their themselves so I think the the ideal uh, viewer or listener would be someone that is um, willing to stop this digital life to live a little bit in the real world so that's a lot already <laughs> and i think that for me is something that is it's it's fun you know to have people that um, still can pay attention to something else than just like social media because i think that for me is the the biggest challenge of an artist nowadays and do you have your digital life? Is it uh, a huge part of your life? So to yes, say? for sure. Uh, it's a huge part of my life because it's a tool. It's one of my main instruments. So there's a lot going on for composition in you know screens and software. And I also you know talk about my artist life in Instagram. It's uh, it's hard to stay out of this. I think. The people that can stay out of this is, you know, it's a huge sacrifice and it's a way of life. And uh, so, yeah, it's very important for me. And I have a, um, a global view of art. You know, I've been to several places, so it's the only way I can stay in touch with people in Ghana, people in uh, India. So I, I have to use the Internet. But I think you have to know how to use it because otherwise it consumes your time, it consumes your creativity and energy. So it's challenging, even like for people that are more aware, like you get addicted. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So you have already mentioned that you have visited lots of cities, have met lots of people. So which country did you like more? Well, I have, um, it's, it's hard to say because, you know, I love lots of places, but there was somewhere that was very special for me was Ghana in Africa, because I think it was a very special moment. And I think all Brazilian people should have, should have like a mandatory trip to Africa <laughs> because it tells a lot about our country and how close we are to Africa and how our culture is African. Like you, I think you realize that once you're in Africa and so I've done one of my main pieces uh, with African artists with Ghanaian uh, music music producers and you know I have like loyal fans that I can count on in these places and the food is just amazing and it's so warm and it feels like it's familiar to Brazil but and still it's so different and I think I fell in love with this place and I you know I, I I'm willing to go back several times and I've been there already like twice. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Lots yeah. of people say that Africa is amazing, it's gorgeous and it's worth seeing just once in a lifetime. Definitely. Everyone should go there. <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, the people are, the people is, I think they are so different than, uh, we are not exactly Western, like Brazilians are not Western, like I think Russians are not exactly Western. Mm -hmm. So Brazilians, they try to be Western. 
And Ghanaian people, they don't, they don't bother. They are themselves and they are very like aware of their identity. And I think Brazilians, they are always searching for an identity because we are so mixed. And once you're in, in Africa, you see like this self-confidence and musicality and you know, it's so bold and so like so much energy from people, it's, it's beautiful. Please share your creative plans with us. My creative plans. So, <laughs> so my creative plan, big creative plan right now is to complete the balalaika, which is, is going to be the sculpture that is going to be up in Vixa in, in one week. So I, I don't remember doing such a big uh, work in such a short period of time. And But I'll be uh, with a solo show in Denmark next year. So it's a solo show that has four different room so I have to prepare a lot and I'm very excited for this I think that's gonna occupy me for the next months mm -hmm. that's very interesting what would you like to wish to your country and to Brazilian people well I wish that people are kinder to each other and that they can listen more because we are in a crisis of listening people don't they can't listen to the other anymore they are very like um, I think Brazilians right now, they are very uh, close to their own interests and their own um, set of worries and concerns. And I wish that people are more gentle and, and they have more solidarity. I think that's all I can ask. So cool. what would you like to wish to yourself? To myself, um, just stay with your mind in place and stay healthy. <laughs> And creative, I think to be creative, you need to stay healthy yeah. and stay sane. So I think it's the only thing I have to do. No, <laughs> stay healthy and no COVID. No, no COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important nowadays. Yeah. Okay, Vivian, thank you so much. You have answered all of my questions. I'm very glad to see you here in the Brazilian embassy. So I wish you good luck. I wish you good creative works. And I wish you lots of people to love you, a good audience. Oh, thank you so much. You're so kind. And I love Russia. I love Russia. You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV Bricks.